So here we are, Elizabeth. We've got our teas. Got my uh, two boys downstairs, three and one. My husband looking after them. So uh, slight disclaimer: if they interrupt at any point, <laughs> just welcome in their energy. I've got birds right outside my window, so uh, you might hear them chirping away. Yeah, that feels appropriate for what we're looking at. And I love the fact that we are doing this. My name's Katrina Horry, and we've got Elizabeth Wainwright. And Elizabeth, where are you right now in the country? Right now, I'm in Devon, surrounded by hills and green. I feel very lucky. Um, Where are you, Kat? I'm almost the opposite. So I am in Battersea in southwest London. Yeah, in quite an urban area. But we do have some lovely parks, including Battersea Park nearby. So more of a a nature in a city vibe, I think, than perhaps your more wild nature. Mm. Different kinds of nature, isn't it? So we've known each other for quite a few years now, haven't we, Kat? Mm. So we've got a sort of shared background in the, the charity and non-profit world and in international work. What's brought us together now is is that kind of love of nature that we both have. And, you know, we've talked about it and we've done some work together in it. I think we both agreed that we see this podcast series as a continuation of our exploration with nature. You know, how nature can inspire us, how it can inform us. Yeah especially, you know, using different lenses. So be that through a scientific lens, be that through um, arts and creativity, um, through mystery, and just kind of seeing how these different lenses and perspectives, you know, through nature can intersect. And then how they can help us with more complex concepts, you know, from Mm -hmm. the big, huge worldwide things like climate change, through to economics, to networks, patterns, down to the individual level, you know, from personal authenticity and resilience. We're definitely on an exploration. And just from our conversations, there's a few ideas, aren't there, that, that mm. I think are important. Um, and you've, you've touched on some of those, but that idea of the kind of the non-duality of some mm. of this. So you, mm. you touched on the sort of science and mystery. And, and I guess we could extend that a bit. So whether that's, you know, the science and the spiritual, which often are opposed, but actually, you know, nature tells us that, that you know, they can be joined together um, and we can benefit and be informed and inspired by both ends of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, when we think about non-duality, there's also, well, we've just talked about you're in the city, I'm in the countryside. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But actually there's value in both places and um, we want to explore that thinking of things from an individual point of view but also from the system's point of view so you know you can look at a tree or you can look at the whole forest we could summarize that by saying that we want to bring worlds together where is the wisdom in all of these things Mm. how can we benefit from all of these ways of thinking and being Mm. and doing so that's one of the things that we've talked about yeah and I think that will weave throughout today but also probably throughout the series as it, it does feel really important to both of us that kind of non-dual way of thinking and being something else that that's important to us is the idea of being master pollinators and yeah, I love that <laughs> we got yeah. an email from a 20 year old climate activist we've been speaking to um, a few weeks ago who we introduced to a few organizations and she called us master pollinators we'd never been called that before but we both loved it because I think when we think of what perhaps our gifts are it, it is around people and ideas and pollinating those and you know introducing Mm. people to one another 
thinking about how ideas can come together, how they can, you know, it's it's that kind of, it really summed us up, I felt, <laughs> very well. Um, and then the other thing we've been talking about is just, you know, the joy of nature. It's all around us. And um, so how can we use that joy to look to look and, and to protect and to love nature um, and how does that help us think about some of the you know the things you touched on earlier the big tricky things like climate change how does love and joy of nature come into climate change mm. um, I think it does I think it's not just you know and that's sort of both a, a personal level through to systems thinking through to government thinking it's always different again perspectives and scales um, there's so many wonderful kind of, um, you know, nature businesses and concepts and ideas out there at the moment. We, I, I suppose, through this, we want to bring it into places and conversations where perhaps nature doesn't usually have a place. Um, we don't want to just pigeonhole it as a kind of, you know, for the, the, the mm. people that already get nature. It's how, how does this impact other things? You know, there's obviously content and ideas mm. that we can provide. And I think it's perhaps helpful to think about where we might get to you know, mm. on this journey. We don't know to perhaps where our listeners may get to. Um, we, we kind of thought about three different pieces. So just, you know, share those now. And, mm. and it'd be interesting to hear this back in however month's time it is. Do you want to touch on the first and then we can? Yeah, I'm thinking about where we might get to. We certainly want to explore, I guess, a sense of what's possible as we, you know, starting from where we are now and with what we have around us. But when we think about the, the places and the communities and the world that we want to see, how do we get there? Yeah, we want to also, I think, look at some of the kind of um, really tangible tools that might be out there to help us to, to look at nature, to listen into it and to each other. What tools are there? How can we take what we learn and feed, feed it into our lives and into the systems that we're part of? So, yeah, we, we hope to certainly provide some yeah, some tools, some ideas, some concepts that might be of value to you and the communities that you're a part of. Mm. Yeah, and we mentioned before about this idea of, you know, master pollinate- pollinators with ideas and people. And I think, you know, I'd love to get to a place where we've got a sense of how, you know, these connections between people and ideas and worlds uh, can help us ask the right questions um, at the right time you know, to find solutions that are personalised and are thoughtful and, and maybe complex, maybe simple. But it is, you know, I guess both of us work as coaches <laughs> parts mm, of the time. Yeah. So that, that idea of questions is, is really important. That feels important. And it also reminds me of a quote, quote which I'm sure I've said to you before, Kat, so, so sorry for boring you again with this. Okay. There, there is a, so we've both got um, a bit of background in biology and there is a biologist um, called E.O. Wilson and he, he's, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me, but he says something like the world is drowning in information, but starving for wisdom and that the world will be uh, run by synthesizers, people able to put together the right information at the right time. And use it wisely. And I think when we talk about asking the right questions at the right time, it reminds me of that. You know, there's so much out there. How do we how do we sit with it? How do we discern what's helpful? How do we use questions powerfully to 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 move us forward and to to find solutions? Mm. Um, and and what does pollination look like in all of that? That's, yes, it's uh, kind of yeah, and just different energies that come with that as well. You know, as you talk about pollinate versus perhaps more you know, thoughtful, slower questions, you know. 
Yeah, which again goes back to that non-dual way of being, you know, sometimes mm. we might drop into an energy of action and, and tools and um, ideas, but sometimes it might sort of really slow down and become more contemplative. It might be helpful for people to hear a little bit about who they'll be spending time with on this journey, um, <laughs> yeah. assuming that they want to keep listening. Yeah, like who are we? <laughs> Kat, we, do you want to yeah, share a little bit about your journey? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm going to take it right back. I'm not going to, it's not going to be a long journey, but I will take it back to, yeah, my childhood in that I um, I'm the daughter of conservationists. I, mm-hmm. um, my, my dad uh, was kind of Sir Peter Scott's number two at the Wildfire and Wetlands Trust in Slimbridge um, mm-hmm. and spent his life focusing on bird navigation, migration, research, um, and wetlands conservation. And he was one of the, the founding fathers of um, one of the first ever environmental treaties mm-hmm. um, called the Ramsar Convention in 1971. Um, and there's, there's a huge wow. pride, you know, that I have in that. And alongside my dad was my mum who, um, she studied uh, swan behavior also at, at Slimbridge uh, for 10 years. So again, was really, you know, um, deeply involved with nature and, and birds and their behavior. So I guess I grew up with that. I grew up in Gloucestershire in the countryside. Um, I went to my first kind of main school was in an old arboretum. So I was surrounded by trees and, you know, mm, flowers lovely. all the time. I had to wear nice. boiler suits when you went outside because it was so muddy. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it was, it was quite idyllic actually looking back on it. Um, and I think as a child and a teenager and even a young person, I was, was really um, passionate about nature, passionate about the environment. You know, I was, I was quite activist at that point. I, I'd write to MPs about animal testing and all this kind of thing. And, you know, and I, I traveled a fair bit. So I, I think when I was 19, I was in trekking in the Gobi Desert in Mongolia. And when I was 22, I was an intern for an environmental charity looking at watershed development in China. Um, so I was kind of very plugged into that world. I'd say perhaps until I started work in my early mm-hmm. 20s. And even though I worked in the charity field, um, it wasn't so much to do with nature or the environment. And I became quite professional and I became quite urban. So I was based primarily in London and spent a bit of time in Washington DC and then almost three years in New York, um, working in charities and with charities, um, leadership development, business development, um, and in New York as a fundraising consultant. And it really, yeah, wasn't until my dad actually died in 2013 Mm. And I then had a, a lung collapse six months later, which, you know, my mind is, was slightly connected to that, that I kind of reassessed actually what was important to me in life. And with that came my journey as a coach. You know, I retrained as a coach because I really wanted to work with people um, more closely. You know, I was advising the CEOs of a charity, you know, but I was very far away from the actual people that the charity was working with. So coaching gives me that and I think alongside the coaching has come nature again and I started that again because working for myself I needed to get out of the house each day um just for my kind of mental and physical well-being um but yeah it's kind of reignited in me this um the love of green you know even within London you know you can be surrounded by green and even just in the last kind of few months with um lockdown I've been doing a project with my son who's three 
taking photos of leaves and trees and kind of find in our local park, Falcon Park, and I created a little Instagram page for it. It's kind of coming back into my real way of being, I think. It's like, almost like, I guess, coming home. I know it sounds cliched, but there is something about coming home. Maybe it is because I'm a mother and, you know, conscious about my child's, you know, children's future as well. You know, and I, and I enjoy, I do some of my coaching outdoors in, in Battersea Park. And I just think it opens up so much for people with those different perspectives. So, yeah, I think a whistle top stop tour. Obviously, I could speak, you know, more detail, but that feels like where I've come from, and perhaps a little mm. bit of the journey and how I've come back to wanting to really prioritize nature in my life and in my work. You know, how about you? When you kind of think about your journey to this point, some of my earliest memories of when I was a kid were, um, firstly asking the question why (laughs) I apparently used to ask that question a lot Um, (laughs) and I suppose actually that's a question I really still enjoy asking today I also remember writing stories a lot when I was Mm. when I was a a child and I found the other day when I was going through some things an old storybook that was just called stories Mm. Um, I really um, just from where I am now um, as a female in my um, mid thirties, I've really appreciated connecting with little, you know, five-year-old, ten-year-old me recently, and kind of mm. seeing how those stories weave through. Thinking a little bit later, so I, when I was at school, I was good at science, um, and I enjoyed being with people. And one of the kind of paths that was suggested to me and made sense was that I would study medicine. So that's what I went to university and did. I did half of a medical degree, and I enjoyed bits of it. Um, I liked asking the question why a lot in medicine. Um, but I, so about halfway through that degree, I went to Zambia in Africa for the first time. And I've been back many times since and in fact lived there um, for a while. But I went to Africa for the first time and we were sort of volunteering health and you know, basic hygiene skills to local communities um, and schools. And I remember vividly thinking, this is wonderful. I'm learning loads. Um, but there feels to me, a bigger picture here that I'm beginning to touch and that bigger picture was about it was about voice and governance and education and rights and all these things that you don't learn in a medical degree um I really had a sense that you know you can make somebody well but if other things weren't in place in that picture that you know people can still struggle and that just lingered so strongly throughout the whole trip and when I got back I just had real clarity in that Um, and long story short I walked away from my medical degree to follow this unknown thread of something else um, that that question why um, helped me to uncover and still is helping me to uncover so I got a biology degree Um, during that whole time I was I I was part of various societies and groups. And then, yeah, from there, I I got sort of part-time jobs with charities. I felt more and more that was where I was drawn to the kind of non-profit social good and environmental good. Um, I ended up doing a master's in international development, which was fascinating and, and took me kind of under the bonnet of some of the the kind of more systems things that I was beginning to recognize when I was doing medicine. I then, yeah, worked for some different charities and organizations. Um, I traveled quite a bit, um, primarily across Africa, and I lived in Zambia, which 
was I just love it. I mean, I love Zambia. I've been back a lot. I think if I wasn't living in Devon, I'd probably choose to live in Zambia. I just, it's such a it's a contrast. A wonderful place. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Although the color of the, I've been thinking recently how similar the color of the soil is. So Devon has this wonderful ah. red, red earth and red sand, and there is a lovely redness to the earth mm. in Africa. And I've been enjoying looking back at photos. And anyway, that's a bit nerdy comparing soils, <laughs> but there are threads there. Um, yeah, and and I've just continued down that path really. But yeah, then I um, I'm also a generalist, and I've touched on being a dot joiner. Picking one career path wasn't quite enough for me, so I've I've, I've sort of weaved in other things too. So I um, got a photojournalism qualification because I love storytelling, I love images and visuals. I worked as a deputy editor of um, The Ecologist, well, sorry, Resurgence magazine that merged with The Ecologist. Um, when I came back from Zambia, I did that. I'm actually still a contributing editor now of The Ecologist. Um, so that helps sort of bring together different voices. I also, and this is, I guess, where our journeys begin to kind of uh, dovetail together is that I trained as a coach and have been exploring that because I, like you, um, touched on that kind of working with people mm. one-to-one um, and in groups going a bit deeper with them and, mm. and into the questions and challenges that they might be having I really enjoy that I love being in the moment with people drawing on my own experience and resource but more than that helping people to sort of call out that you know the resource they have inside them and we all have so much inside us and around us something we share just on that front and that coaching piece is um we've both been doing some training in climate change coaching as well so kind of almost like coaching difficult topics you know from mm. grief and anger and a sense of scarcity and overwhelm and yeah mm. it's kind of really dialing up you know mm. that you know how do people relate to climate change and how can they you know hopefully get into action yeah, and I'm really excited about coaching as a tool for complex things like climate change and other things. I think, um, I think we've talked about this before. Like, I really um, strongly think that yes, we need the the money and the tech to help solve challenges like climate change and other things. But maybe more than that, we need relationships. We need to be able to connect with each other better. We need to be able to hear each other and learn from each other. And I think for me coaching as a tool is really help you know helping me to do that certainly and I'm excited to explore that more in our podcast I should also say too that I'm actually um just over a year ago now I got elected um, onto my district council so I'm also technically a local politician which sounds very grand (laughs) um yeah keen to kind of weave that in when it's appropriate too in our podcast um yeah and I'm a creative I, I write as well I do a bit of freelance writing and I'm keen to be doing more of that actually I feel you know going back to my five-year-old ten-year-old story writing Mm. self I'm really keen to perhaps write stories more than just articles and book reviews and interviews Mm. and things so Mm. yeah so that's I guess yeah a cross-section of some of my journey so I mean hearing you speak there's you know that that sense of coming home we talked you know before about the hero's journey and and I I kind of heard that in both of our stories you know about Mm. this natural place that we started from you know this love of nature love of stories you know and how over the years we've kind of reassessed what is important to us and it is coming back to to who we are and yeah that feels important why are we both sitting here today Mm. doing a podcast at this time so I think there's kind of a few things obviously 
You know, with lockdown, with coronavirus that's been going on, you know, I mentioned earlier that it has made things, and I think for everyone, you know, think about what's important, you know, for ourselves within this, you know, challenging time. I think it's become very clear to me that that nature is, is here, that's important for me. And that actually, first of all, some people can't even get out into nature right now that are in genuine lockdown, where, you know, some people can get out. And I think it's about sharing our love of nature, sharing um, our ideas, you know, just feels really important right now. I'm also conscious that the world's quite polarised at the moment. Mm. Um, And I think that's something that both you and I have talked about wanting to uh, find common ground, really, for people. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons that I'm here right now. What about you? What What are some of the things that come up for you? Yeah, I think that last point particularly really resonates that that finding common ground and bringing people and ideas together um, Mm -hmm. and doing that all through the lens of the natural world Mm -hmm. um, and how that can inspire, what word is that? Inspire (laughs) and inform us. I think I just invented a new word, inform. It sounds sounds very nature-y actually. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, and also I guess touching on what we talked about before that looking at what's possible um, mm. and helping others to do the same um, we'll certainly be doing that for ourselves at the moment and you you touched on COVID-19 um, and the lockdown that people are currently in there's sort of there's talk about what does building back better look like at the mm. moment how do we take stock how do we learn from this really challenging time and it's been obviously more challenging for some people than others um, but how do we learn and, and take that into the future? How do we create what we want to create rather than sort of going back to a status quo that maybe wasn't serving us? So there's something just really creative, I think, in the idea of a podcast and the unfolding conversations um, mm. that it allows. Yeah. And I think I think we're curious both for ourselves and, and for our listeners and and for our future work as well. You know, we've done... Mm. We've delivered workshops together in Battersea Park, you know, to do with nature and kind of development, professional and personal development. And we did some climate change and mindset workshops recently Mm. as well. And, you know, it's thinking about, you know, how do we bring work more into our, you know, into our lives Mm. through more coaching facilitation actually in nature. And then also thinking about what nature can inspire, you know, in terms of systems thinking, consulting Mm. and bringing Mm. people together. From different backgrounds yeah it, it feels honestly quite exciting um mm. even if no one ends up listening and it's just <laughs> us sitting here having I a know. chat that's yeah. fine exactly I think we've started to kind of explore how nature can inspire and inform us through those different lenses you know whether it's science whether it's mm. creativity and mystery and we've t- we you know we've named the fact that we want to see how they intersect and help us think about some of the challenges that we face um, in the world at the moment. And those those three ideas that we named the idea of kind of non dual thinking we want to really mm. bring that out. We want to explore and um, work out what being master pollinators mm. means and mm. looks like. And we just want to en- enjoy nature and the joy of it. Um, and use that to feed our work and to feed ideas and to feed connections. You know, we, we want this work and this, these podcasts actually, you know, to, to have that sense of fun and lightness as well, you know, that it doesn't have to be earnest, you know, because it's about the environment underneath, yeah. you know. Perhaps just kind of coming towards the end, thinking mm. about what some of the future episodes may entail. You know, mm. obviously it's only a week old, so we're slightly... <laughs> 
creating as we go. Yeah. Um, do you want to share a few and I can share a few? Yeah, because we are, we absolutely are creating as we go. But I think we also know there are a few things that feel important to us and or, you know, that we've already had experience of of how these topics might benefit from some, you know, from the nature lens. So I'm really interested to explore mm. what authenticity and integrity looks like, mm. particularly in a world that is, as you say, polarized and, and in places challenging. How do we bring out authenticity? Um, I'm also really interested in uh, networks and connection and how, you know, what a good network looks like and what it might lead to. So I helped to, um, well, I've developed a, a kind of community development um, network around the world that's taught me a lot about networks and how they work well and how they might work less well. And I'm really curious, what does nature have, a, have to tell us about networks and, and how mm. we might work better together and collaborate well? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to think about new ways of thinking about the economy. And neither of us are economists, but there's some great thinkers out there. There's some really interesting ideas like donut economics, which is, you know, helping people thrive on a foundation of a healthy natural world. Um, yeah. And I'm also a big reader. I love books. I love quotes. So I'll, I hope to kind of, you know, where it's appropriate, offer resources and, and um, quotes that might help our and other people's thinking. Kat, what, what are a few of the topics that you're keen to explore in our podcast? Uh, well, I think you've named, certainly for me, the main way is connection, you know, networks, because that is something that I, I love just, um, and to kind of see yeah, how we can bring nature and nature's learnings into that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, you know, we've also thought about, you know, obviously you can have adventures out in nature and, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah like exploring and and magic even so I think there's you know we can be doing like the hard topics of economics and climate change and uh, through to personal development you know mm. we've talked about authenticity and through to yeah perhaps looking at things um, more with that explorer magic lens we'll see mm. we'll see what that actually looks like in terms of content mm. and 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 um, yeah being okay about talking about some of these things it will land with some people and it may not land with others. <laughs> we'll yeah. just, I will just see, you know. Yeah. In my mind, that also links to courage. You know, it's it's okay that it doesn't land with some people. Yeah, we're not experts in some of these things. But I guess, you know, we are experts in some things. I think we are really good at intuition and listening and, well, connecting and, and mm. you know, synthesizing ideas and things. So how do we use that kind of expertise in in this journey? And not be daunted by the things we we don't know all the details about. Yeah, we we back to that quote you said about synthesizers. You know, mm. more, more information and yeah, I think that's perhaps where I see our role. And and we'd love to hear you know what some of the questions are coming up for you or what you've learnt and you know to start creating a community of people that are that are interested and curious about this kind of thinking. Wonderful, but for now, yeah, I think I think that's it, isn't it? Thanks, yeah. Kat. You have a lovely rest of your day with your local park and your boys and um with nature yeah i hope you have a wonderful day too elizabeth i'm quite jealous of you out in the countryside so enjoy the space thank you we will talk again soon okay bye for now